Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you again back on a Thursday night. It's been a couple weeks since I've been back on here. Uh, two weeks ago, I was a little under the weather, so I didn't even have a voice. And then last week, um, I was on vacation with my family, so that was good to spend some time with them. Uh, right before I came on here, I made sure that my recorder was running, and it was not, so I had to record it. So sorry for the second delay there. Uh, we should be up and running now. So if you're on um, on YouTube and you're watching us live, I'd like you to leave a comment if you would and say hello just so I can see who's all on there. And also if you're on Facebook, please leave a comment on there as well so I can see who all is here and um, I'd be able to uh, check that out as well. Let's see here. No comments so far, but that's okay. And, um, and if you're listening later on, um, to any of the podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I know a few of you do on whatever pa- uh, platform you listen to, whatever podcast uh, app or whatever you listen on. I really appreciate that. So it's good to be back. It's a little bit, um, I don't know, I wasn't just like out of sorts or anything like that. I was ready to go on, but um, you know, you just, it's not like riding a bike. Um, all the technical stuff that's going on here. And then, uh, of course, I have my study ready to go and but you know, that wasn't the problem. It's always on the technical aspects. And um, I, I know I shouldn't worry about that kind of things, but I want to th- do things well and make sure they look good uh, when I'm doing such. But um, anyways, it's good to be here. I see a few viewers. And uh, let me know also if the audio is good. I bet it is. Um, I was tweaking it a little bit. But like I said, things get moved around. Um, this room is sometimes um, invaded. I would say, by my two-year-old son and my four-year-old daughter. And every once in a while, I'll come in here and Dominic is sitting in this chair or Millie Grace is sitting in this chair. And some of the settings, somehow or another, even though they promise they're not touching it, um, somehow the settings on the mixing board kind of change up a little bit. But hey there, brother. Uh, so Huntress R says, uh, hello, brother Mike. Welcome back. Well, thank you, sir. Um, or I forget. Or... Sister, <laughs> I cannot remember sometimes. I apologize about that. It's really hard to tell sometimes. Um, cannot remember there. So I apologize about that. But anyways, we're back in uh, Titus chapter three tonight and uh, are finishing up Titus in the book and the chapter three tonight. And I can't wait to do it. Um, it's only 15 verses, but it may take just a tad bit to get through there. Hello, Brother Druna there on YouTube. It may take just a tad bit of time to get through it, um, not because necessarily there's um, a whole lot of verses. Like I said, there's only 15 verses, but I think it just sums up the this short, very short letter uh, from the Apostle Paul to Titus um, and to us. You know, this is for our learning. This is uh, profitable for us, as we're going to see that word tonight. And so I'm I'm looking forward to getting into it. So. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Huntress, our sister, and I will not make that mistake again. Uh, uh, please help me next time, but uh, I, I will try not to make that mistake again. But hello, sister. Uh, good to see you there over there on YouTube. And those maybe potentially watching on Facebook, hello to you. You may be watching later on, and that's fine. Uh, I should see my brother Aaron get on here in a little bit. Um, he was telling me today, he said, um, you know, it's, it's going to be good to hear some um, Bible teaching um, because there's a lot of different thoughts and opinions and different things out there by uh, quote-unquote Christians. Um, but if it doesn't match up with this, it's not truth. So I look forward to opening up God's Word and letting it say what it needs to say. 
we're going to address something a, a little bit. Um, so anybody that watches this and, and knows me or watches this later on um, and knows where I uh, was at last night, and I heard a couple things that were said, and uh, not necessarily in particular uh, struck me as, as wrong. Um, however, there's a lot of things that are said by Christians, I think, out of habit. And um, we're, we're going to address something tonight if we get to it, um, uh, if the Lord leads that way. Uh, that I'd really like to just kind of stress tonight. And when it hit, and when I heard it said, I was like, "Ooh, you know, I know what they're trying to say, but it, it's not, it's not biblical. It's not biblically correct." However, you know, I understand the premise behind what was said, um, and I'll just go ahead and and let you know what was said. So I heard the the phrase last night. You know, we're all um, sinners, and that's true. We all were once sinners. Um, the, for, if you're saved, though, we'll see tonight that you are not under that label anymore, okay? And we'll see why biblically as we'll get into it tonight. So I understand uh, the, the concept, and when somebody says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, there's a song that's um, um, that many people have sung that says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And when it says that, it has the connotation that you're just a sinner now, saved by grace in the past. But grace doesn't stop at the cross. Your sins have been blotted out, never to be answered for again. Now, Paul says that we do sin in this flesh. Absolutely. But you will not answer for those because your sins have been blotted out, cast as far as the east is from the west. And we're going to look at something very, very interesting out of uh, Titus chapter 3 tonight that I hope that will clear that up for us so that we're, our, we can start understanding who exactly we are now and that that will try to encourage us or to remind us to renew our minds into who we are now in Christ Jesus. And I hope to address that tonight. So if anybody hears this, please don't misunderstand. I I'm not saying if you've said that term before, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, that you're some sort of uh, heretic, you know, far be it. In fact, I've said it probably numerous times in my life. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Uh, but as the more you study your Bible and understand who we are now in Christ Jesus, I think you'll start to understand that that's not an accurate term. And um, I hope to encourage you with some Bible tonight on that subject. So uh, without further ado, then let's get over here and start in Titus chapter 3, so turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 3, and we're going to get started. I do need to check one thing. One second. Okay, so I am good on that. All right, I just wanted to check a level real quick. But Titus chapter 3, uh, remember, this again has been considered in the past a uh, a pastoral epistle, you know, and, and it's almost like uh, when somebody says that, you kind of get this thing, you're like, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not in that position of a bishop, I'm not an elder within the uh, the body of believers here, um, therefore, it's not for me. It's not true at all. This is applicable to everyone here in the body of Christ, and um, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, and we're going to see how that's all going to line up tonight. So Titus chapter 3. And again, if you have any questions about anything I ever say, please write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I, I don't mind having those discussions. Even I'll have, uh, if you have Skype, we'll set it up. Uh, you have to reach out to me on ltmbiy at yahoo.com, and we can even set up a, a face-to-face meeting via the Internet over Skype or something. So I'm always willing to have those conversations. Uh, my good brother, uh, uh, Daruna, here, we've had um, one or two face-to-face conversations. I cannot remember if it was two or one time, but a great conversation with uh, my brother there over in Florida. So good to see you, though, brother. And brother Aaron Clark is here. Hello to you, sir. Um, in your in your memory, well, not memory, you haven't gone anywhere, but uh, for you, sir, here's the, the slurp. I'll never forget uh, the first time I heard that on on the radio with my my good brother in the Lord, um, Aaron Clark. The first time I heard that, so I always think about that. Anyways, Titus chapter three and verse number one. Um, again, this is the reminder to us. Now, 
obviously this has a lot of connotation, like Titus specifically, who Paul was writing this to, was of course, um, was of course the 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 pastor, the the bishop um, of this uh, group here. I believe in um, the Cretans. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Oh, in Crete. I'm sorry, the island out in the uh, the Mediterranean, Crete. And he was there on that island, and he was he had there was a group of believers there. Um, I believe Paul even goes through that area when he's heading heading back to Jerusalem. And uh, I, I can't remember where that is in the book of Acts, but I know um, New Testament Church of Hagerstown, as I've been watching as they've been going through the book of Acts, does discuss, um, I think, going through Crete. And they, I believe those that's the area, and this body of believers there was the ones admonishing Paul or, or pleading with him not to go to Jerusalem. And uh, he did anyways, and uh, it's just a very interesting thing there. But anyways... This is what Paul's admonition is to Titus and to all of us. Put them in mind. Now, when I, you know, obviously let this mind be in you, Philippians 2, 5 is, is, the, is the, the key verse that, that, I, that I love and that what we've named the, the channel, so to speak, and then all the different uh, platforms that we're on, it's let this mind be in you. Always constantly to be remembering who we are. But it says put them in mind. Help them to remember. So I wrote down a few verses. Uh, the The term mind, Paul uses that numerous times to talk about the carnal mind. He talks about the natural mind, uh, the natural man, and the the mind of a a, uh, a body of believers, the, meaning the little s spirit of them is to be into one mind under his mind. And he uses it several times. So I didn't, you know, I didn't do this. this is not an exhaustive search, but uh, look up Romans chapter eight. Uh, 20 and uh, verse number 27 sometime Romans chapter 11 verse 34 Romans 12 verses 2 and also verse 16 and Romans 15 verse 15 and uh, I'm not going to turn to those in Romans for sake of time um, but you can also look in first Corinthians now we studied through the book of Romans so let's go to first Corinthians let's look at uh, a few of those verses there first Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10. And let's look what Paul says here to the church in Corinth. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, we're all different, folks, right? I mean, we all have our different, I guess you would say, quirks and different kind of mannerisms. Some are loud and boisterous. Uh, they're just an outgoing type personality. Some are a little bit more quiet and reserved. How are we to be in one mind, though, the same mind? This is the mind of Christ. Therefore, this is to be our mind when we come together. This isn't something that um, we can have these differences of opinions and, okay, that's what causes the strife differences of opinions. But when your truth is based on this, this is how you come together in the same mind and in the same judgment, working diligently together, coming to the understanding, the truth, growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's, that was 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 10. Now look at a very familiar verse. You see it on the opening um, uh, portion if you watch these videos in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It's there, folks. It's available. You have all the spirit you'll ever get. Okay? You have all of him. He's indwelled you. He has sealed you into the day of redemption. Therefore, you know you have that same mind, but you have to allow it to work. If you try to have your own mind, that, that carnal, that flesh, that, uh, that vanity of mind, of course there's going to be strife and vainglory, as we see in Philippians 2. Um, but you'll see that there, in, that we have the same mind. How? Because we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, allow it to work. Uh, the next one, the last one here in 1 Corinthians is chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but I became a man. That's not the right verse. 
13, 11. I wrote, I must have written down something wrong. I apologize. Let me really quickly look at second Corinthians just to make sure I didn't. Sometimes I get a little bit dyslexic and write down the wrong verse. Yes, I'm sorry. It's second Corinthians. I apologize. Second Corinthians 13 and verse number 11. Finally, my uh, finally brethren, farewell, be perfect or complete, be of good comfort, be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Uh, there's a lot of problems going in, uh, going on within our local group. Why is that? Well, I can almost guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you, somebody in that equation is having their own mind. I promise you. Because if there's any consolation, uh, as we, we can turn over to Philippians 2 here in a moment, um, but the other verses I wanted to give you, Ephesians 4 and verse 23, and then Philippians 1, 27. And so since we're going to go that way, let's read Ephesians 4, 20, sorry, 4, 23 real quick as we head that direction. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Again, re- renewed, remembering who you are in your mind, remembering we do have the mind of Christ. We'll look at that a little bit more here in a few moments. So remember Ephesians 4, verse 13. But Philippians chapter 1, and verse 27 heading back towards Titus. Philippians 1, verse 27, only let your conversation be as it becomes, cometh the gospel of Christ. Our walk, does it line up with who we actually are? That's interesting. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, um, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, striving together, how? With this one mind, let this mind be in you. Of course, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the mind of Christ, therefore have it. Fulfill ye my joy, verse number 2, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. See how the, the having the mind of Christ, letting that mind be in you, remembering, renewing that in your mind, renewing your mind, remembering, reckoning, remembering, is a constant admonition that Paul keeps trying to get people to understand. That, and we'll see that a little bit more as we get on to Titus. And through to Titus. I, I apologize, tripping over some words right now. But as you go back to Titus chapter 3, that is the mind. Now, of course, in context here, it says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Um, You know, even in that day and age when the oppressive Roman regime and Jews were also trying to kill Christians every chance they got, all these different people were against them. Paul still never admonishes them to pick up a sword. Yeah, you know, defend yourself, you know, uh, go down to the local courthouse and pick it, you know, whatever. Now, in and of themselves, do I not believe in self-defense? Of course, defend yourself. Uh, but there's not this active thing where we should be principalities and powers, the magistrates, all these, just as much as possible, live peaceably among all men. God's ordained them. He hasn't taken them by surprise that the people that are in positions of, of power are there. You think of Nero during and Paul's time, one of the most <laughs> vilest people ever to live. But Paul never admonishes them to rise up against the Roman Empire. It's amazing. It says in verse number two, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers. We notice that word brawlers is used in, uh, I believe, in First Timothy as well. Uh, the the brawler the the one that's just constantly looking for that just that strife and the getting after each other looking you know there's people out there that actually do enjoy the drama of getting into arguments with people they actually look forward to it brawling wanting to just get in there and just fight now stand for truth again I'm not advocating for you to just roll over. Be ready to give an answer to every man of the hope that's in you, okay? This is, this is truth. Just give them this. 
But the brawling spirit, it has that just conversation, like, I want my own way. I'm getting after it. Um, I want to be the one that wins this conversation. To be no brawlers, but gentle, showing meekness, showing all meekness unto just some people, or maybe some Christians, or maybe just the people that you kind of like, or your favorite politician. It doesn't say that, does it? The Word of God says unto all men. It's really, it's really one of those ways that, um, it's really one of those ways that we try to skirt around. You know, we try to lawyer the speech that God clearly writes in these. If you let the Word say what it says, it says unto all men. It's impossible to, for us to try to work in a loophole, but yet we still do, don't we? Well, I, I'm gonna. That's having your own mind. I'm just as guilty as everybody else, but reckon yourself dead. Remember who you are and who you represent and whose body you're a part of and who is in you. For we ourselves, hmm, here's the, here's the, the point that I was going to make about this, this past tense. For we ourselves also were, now we're going to read the rest of the verse and then we're going to turn to another one. Were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, Serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Go back over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And verse number, what did I say, 11? Yes. Hopefully this is right this time. Okay, yes, it is. Um, Paul gets done telling the uh, Corinthians, um, let's see, let's start back in verse number nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Just like Paul tells Titus. For we ourselves also were, were sometimes foolish, disobedient. Look what Paul's about ready to say. Were, past tense. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. That word sanctified has a connotation of saints. We think of saints like, boy, that person's a saint. That sweet old lady is a saint of God. She doesn't hurt a fly. She doesn't do anything. You know, if you're in Christ Jesus, if he has saved you, you have been washed. Means you've been washed whiter than snow. Clean. You're, you're clean. In his eyes, you have his righteousness because he is in you. And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when it says here in verse number 11, but ye are sanctified, it's saying because of his righteousness in you, you are saints. Paul calls in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he calls these vile people, the ones that had all these problems going on in the church there in Corinth, had all these problems going on, he called them saints. Look it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he calls them saints. And then he begins to talk about, you know, uh, these sins that aren't even mentioned among the Gentiles and so forth and so on. But you were this. Such were some of you. Now, there could have been unsaved people in there, but when he's talking to the Christians, such were some of you. All these some are born-again people when it says, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in your own actions. No, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He has cleansed you. He has sealed you. He has separated you. He has made you a new creature, as we're going to look at in a moment. I'm just a sinner, present tense, saved by grace, saved, past tense. No, I was a sinner, but I am saved for, from then to eternity on. I am sealed. I am just as if I've never sinned because he is in me. He's made me a new creature. Do, well, Brother Mike, are you saying there's some sort of thing as sinless perfection? If you've watched any of my teaching from the Bible, you will see that I said it repeatedly. No, of course not. Paul says it 
oh, wretched man that I am. But Paul understood who he was, though, that that wasn't him. That was him acting as the dead man, that one that had been crucified with Christ. That's why it's so weird. But to remember who you are, to reckon who you are, you are without sin because of who is in you and who you are in. So to say that I'm just a sinner saved by grace, I understand the language, but it's not proper. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not one, I'm, don't worry, I'm not going down the road of sinless perfection and some sort of like, uh, like some street preachers talk about that you can be sinlessly perfect in this life. You have this flesh that hasn't been redeemed yet. But because you are in him, you're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Your soul is seated. Your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. Redemption of what? Your body. As we're going to look at here in a moment when we get to uh, uh, down here in the portion of when it talks about renewing. But I just wanted to show you that. Verse number three, chapter three of Titus again. For we ourselves also were. It's the same language as 1 Corinthians 6, um, verse number 11. Were, past tense. That is your past. If you think about anything, remember who you once were, and at the moment of salvation, you were dead in trespasses and sins, and then you were made alive in Christ. Just as he nailed your sins to the cross, he rose again in, in, in newness of life. He rose again showing being the first fruits that you have that blessed hope in you as well. That the redemption of your body, to wit, Christ, God was in Christ. Re, re, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm butchering that verse. Redeeming us, to wit. That's in, I can't remember right now. I'm sorry, I'm completely uh, spacing that, that verse, and I'm, I'm not going to look it up right now. I know you know if you've um, studied your Bible, the verse I'm talking about, to wit. God was in Christ reconciling. I think that's the, the term. The point is, is that that reconciliation happened then. Remember the earnest payment of the Holy Spirit, the, the mind of Christ, the same mind that we can say now, Abba, Father, when it renewed you, when it reconciled you, when it regenerated you, made you alive again. What exactly took place at that moment? You should rejoice. That's a lot of R words I just used. But that's You should be rejoicing at that fact. Because the very next verse in Titus chapter 3, verse number 4 says, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. You didn't do anything good enough to save yourself. Certainly can't do anything good enough to keep yourself saved. It's his righteousness. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of, here's the word, regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, take it. Take a moment. Understand that now there is a difference. Look at, look at the old man. Look at that natural man that 1 Corinthians 2 talks about. And look who we are now in Christ. That's not any reason for me to boast in of myself. I certainly didn't do it, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Paul is saying here quite clearly. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. See, there's a difference. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, the Bible says here, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, we are in his body, he is in us. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, all things, all things are become new. That's why the earnest payment of the Holy Spirit is made it just as if you've been, because in you, it's, you can write it down, take it to the bank. It's guaranteed that if you've been saved, you've been sealed by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. 
Let's look at another one. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 15. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 15. The Bible says here, for, in, for, look at the language, it's very specific. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter. Man, woman, doesn't matter. You've been made a new creature in him. That is a reason to celebrate and to have joy. And the reason why I fear that a lot of people are just living a depressed life, say that they're saved, but it's just constantly living under this, this yoke, this bondage. You've been made free of that bondage by him not of works of righteousness, which you have done, continue to do, start to do, pick it up, maybe do more one day, maybe do less. It does not matter. In him, it's his righteousness. It's just as if you've never sinned. That's why you're sanctified by him. Because of who is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look at renewing. Look at the word renewing. Uh, I, I looked up a few verses here. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. This is a great one. Uh, I just went through this uh, over at Community in Slidell where I uh, teach at a local body of believers over there. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. We started out with this. All throughout Romans it talks about this. But he says, verse number 1, we start there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but ye, be ye transformed. If you try to keep remembering who you were, you know, living in that, that life, you're not going to be transformed because you're not remembering, renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everybody looks for the will of God in their life. There it is. Remember who you are. You're going to be transformed by that knowledge, by the renewing of your mind. Let it set in. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 23. Again, we looked at that before, the renewing. So we'll turn over real quick and just read that one more time. It's so important that we get a grip on this. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on. He's already there. You are already this new creature but it says, and put on, it has the connotation that you've got to remember who you are and put on that helmet of salvation. Not that you lost it, it's yours. It belongs to you because of what he gifted you. He gave you the free gift. As it says, doesn't it say that? When he's, we have none, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, regeneration, the renewing of, our, of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Christ Jesus Christ, our Savior. Back in Titus, put on the new man, which was, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I want to live a holy life, brother Mike. Oh, amen. The only way you can get rooted and grounded and grow in that knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, grow in grace and the knowledge of Him, is to understand of who you are now in Christ Jesus who he made you to be. Everybody loves Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and so do I. After you read that, though, what does it say in verse number 10? We're right there. That grace is there. You remember that grace. You're an ambassador of that grace. You tell people about that grace. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I want to live a good life, a holy life, filled with the fruits of the Spirit. Um, I want to just work. You can't put that cart before the horse. And we're going to look at that here in a moment as when we get down through here. But I just wanted to show you that one more time. Who you were created in. You were renewed in that image that you once were in. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Remember, we're created in his image. 
Doesn't it say that in Genesis? We were created in his image. Look at uh, Colossians chapter 3. We, of course, know man fell into sin and had to be redeemed. Colossians 3 and verse number 10. Look at verse number 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the, uh-oh, what does that word say? After the image of him that created him. Well, what does that all mean? Man was created in the image of God, body, soul, spirit, of a perfect being. God is not slack concerning his promises. He told Adam, in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. In that day, what died? The spirit. That's why you're born, your natural man, your natural state, once you have recognition that you are alive, I guess you would say, you know, you're old enough to make conscious type decisions and to know who you are and to know there's a holy, righteous God. You're alive once, sin revived, you're going to die. You get that knowledge, you understand, you can, you have the ability to understand that, you're going to die in the, in that day, just like Adam did. But you have to be renewed in that image again. How is that possible? How can we possibly be renewed? How can we be made alive, a new creature, a new man? Well, you have to be renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? That he reconciled us to himself, that he made you a new creature and told you that he's going to redeem your body one day. Folks, such an amazing thing. This is not a man-made book, okay? Holy Spirit-inspired scripture here, saying exactly what it's saying back here in Titus chapter 3. He saved us by the washing of regeneration. Not generation. Remember, he created us. He generated us in Genesis. He created us. We sinned. Man sinned. He regenerated you back into his image. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. How did he do that? By giving you the comforter. Boy, oh boy. How good is that? Quickened. That's another word that I, I wanted to look up, but you can look that up in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1, and also in verse 5. And we were just in Colossians. So look at Colossians 2.13. Let's just look at uh, quickened real quick. Quickened, real quick. <laughs> but Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 13. The Bible says here that, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you of just some of your trespasses. Now you got to remember, you got to keep that sin account clean for the rest of your life. You know, you just got to get that sin taken care of and get down and confess those sins. And boy, I tell you what, just live in that constant bondage or just remember who you are. Are you going to sin? Yes. <laughs> Reckon yourself dead. That's not who I am. Has God forgiven you of your sins? He's forgotten them by his power. Can you forget your sins? No, of course not. That's why you have to conform your mind <laughs> because you can't forget those things unless you know you're mentally handicapped in some way you have those memories you have those things like oh i did boy that is sin that's that flesh that wretched man that i am lord help me to die to self that's not who i am and, and to move on lord thank you so much for you forgiving me that it's already been done. It's established. Lord, help me not to live as that old man. He's been nailed to your cross. He's been dead. He's buried. He's gone. You've brought me up in the newness of life, in that new image, that new creature. Thank you, Lord. There's the quickened. Now, look at these verses right here. Let's, re let's keep reading down. Um, verse number seven, that being justified by his grace, amen and amen, we should be made heirs. <laughs> That's a fantastic, you know, we're joint heirs with Christ. How are we joint heirs with him? Because we are his body. Hmm. And we are in him. 
flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones, the Bible says. That's why we're heirs. I don't deserve that. You're right. You did not deserve that. While you were dead in trespasses and sin, but God committed his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He took care of that problem. You just need to put your faith in the one that can do something about it. His grace will save you and make you an heir. <laughs> just to think about the richness why are we so concerned with this life and building up treasures where moth and rust doth corrupt? Hmm. We're heirs according to the hope of eternal life. What's the hope that is in you? The fact that we know that we will never die. Oh, sure, this flesh may die. Oh, sure, um, we may not be taken up in the rapture and we may be put into the ground. But for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Paul said that explicitly. How can you say that? You know who you are if you can say that. You know the hope that is in you. By the way, get ready to give an answer to every man of the hope that is in you. Folks, the Bible is amazing. How would just let it say what it says, and it's going to repeat itself over and over and over again. Why? Because I think we're thick-headed. We want to have our own mind in these things. So, uh, have the mind of Christ because of that hope of eternal life, that hope that is in you. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou, this is the point I really wanted to get to, I will that thou affirm constantly. Brother Mike, all you ever do is talk about this. You want to talk about anything in other subjects? Sure. Things in the Bible, we're going to talk about those things, but I guarantee you that constantly it's always going to come back around to this, to Jesus Christ and what he did, and because of what he did, who we are now. It's constantly going to be a reminder, and we are to affirm. We are to build each other up. We are to grow together in that grace and knowledge of that, of our who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And these things, all the things he just told Titus, I will. This is like this is more the uh, the Timothy you know that I charge the Timothy. This is giving him that thing. I will that thou affirm constantly. You want to be a man of God. You want to be a help within a body of believers. This is how you do it. Affirm constantly these things. Why that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. See, it's not hey, affirm constantly, do these things, do good works, do this, do that, do this, you know, check these boxes off, and you then will be a good Christian. You then will start getting the sanctification process going. You've been made sanctified. <laughs> did we not read that, sanctified? I believe we did. You've been made sanctified. There's no process. You're sanctified. You're justified. Therefore, affirm that constantly of who you are now in him because of who you are. See, here's the cart being placed in the proper way. Why should we always affirm this? I, write this, I wrote this down off the side of my Bible. So we put it in proper perspective, proper order, decently and in order. This is the order. Affirm these things constantly. Because if not, we're going to see what verse 9, 10, and 11 says, says about it. Because look back in verse number 8 again. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Every man, new creature in Christ, everybody in Christ Jesus, mankind. You affirm this constantly to each other. There is getting the proper perspective of who is in you, who you are now in Christ Jesus. I am in him. He is in me. I am a new creature. Reckon yourself dead, Paul says. Remember, you died a long time ago. You died at the moment of salvation. You were made alive in him as a new creature. We look these things up. That's profitable. That's good unto men. 
all these things, these things, Titus, these things, Mike D'Angelo, these things, Michael Daruna, uh, these things, uh, you know, Sister Huntress, these things affirm constantly when we gather together. Why? Because this puts the cart after the horse. You're, you heard that saying, you know, don't put the cart before the horse because that is a weird thing. You know, you got this horse trying to push on it and, you know, that, that's not how it's designed. That's not how it's set up. That's not how you, it was created to be. It was created to be behind the horse. Cart is in the proper position. Because after, because if not, look at what the, comes out of it. And we're going to read this now, 9, 10, and 11. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law. Should you eat pork? Should you not eat pork? Should you do this about the law? Do this in the law? Do this portion of the law, well, that's Old Testament, but this still applies today because of this reason and this. Striving about all these contentious things about the law, doing all those things, <laughs> For they are unprofitable and vain. The word vain simply means empty. They are not profitable. Profit nothing. They don't do a single blessed thing for you. Titus, Mike D'Angelo, anybody reading this word, the word of God as new creatures in Christ, if you are in him and he is in you, You've been made a new creature in him. These other things are unprofitable and vain. And look at the very next verse, a very famous verse that people love to quote, don't they? A man that is a heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject, knowing that he is he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. We're quick to toss around the term heretic, right? You know, this guy's a heretic, this lady's a heretic, she's a heretic, he's a heretic. Are they striving about these other things? Do you find yourself striving about some of these other things that are unprofitable and vain? In context, that's what he just got done talking about. So what is a heretic in this matter? Somebody that puts carts before horses. That's putting anything above God. And if you look up the Webster's 1828 Dictionary definition of a heretic, they'll talk about, you know, orthodox, you know, teaching and all this kind of stuff. But the main emphasis of that is anybody that places anything above God. Well, isn't that idol worship? Yep. And idolatry is as the sin of witchcraft. Right? Am I quoting that verse right? Oh, man, that's, that sounds pretty bad. Sure is. You put anything before God. You want to start, you want to constantly be about the, the works first and, you know, get these things. And then you, if you look, smell, act, you know, the way that, you know, this, we say we should look and act and smell and all those kinds of things. Where is Christ in all that? Where is the remembrance of what he's done for us? I, I can guarantee you when you die to self and you remember that you are, those, that old man's dead, you're a new man, a new creature in Christ Jesus. You'll have the proper perspective. And when you come with that, those things, verse number eight, are good and profitable. You know, good investment. Good return, so to speak, on your money. Nobody wants to make unwise decisions, right? We want to be the faithful stewards. Interesting that Jesus talked about stewardship. Verse number 12, and Paul's just going to wrap up here. There's no earth-shattering um, things in here. There's some interesting things, though, good for our learning. When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. So apparently Paul's going to winter over there. Bring Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos. That's interesting. Apollos, I believe that's the same one, on their journey diligently that nothing be wanting unto them. Um, 
the wanting here is not like, oh, I really want that thing. It, it's, it's needful, okay? That's the want. And let ours also learn to maintain good works for, nece for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. You want to be profitable? What do we should we be affirming constantly then? Hmm. All that are with me, Paul always traveled in a big group. It wasn't Paul by himself, alone, out there, just heading down the road for Jesus and going to go down the road. There was a whole group of people that followed him, that helped him every place that he went. The only time, in fact, the only time I think he was alone was in prison in Jerusalem. And a few that Paul and Silas were in jail together. It's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. If you find yourself out there alone by yourself, not gathering together with somebody locally, I encourage you once again to find that because it will be a help to you. Paul says that. So-and-so oft refreshed me. Well, I have the Holy Spirit, Brother Mike. That's enough. You know, if you're a desert, on a deserted island all by yourself, yes, you'd be right. But God has given us the local body to be a help. Don't give up. I know there's a lot of falling away, apostasy, wrong, unbiblical thinking out there. I know it to be a fact, but don't give up. God has given us a true help, and that's brothers and sisters in Christ to come together, those sinews tempered together. That'll help you. Anyways, verse 15, all that are with me salute thee. All the people said hello to Titus. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. And that's the book, the letter to Titus there in Crete. And I just want to, again, encourage you, encourage you to remember who you are today. Let this mind be in you. Uh, we're going to check the, the comment section real quick. Let's see here. There we go. So let's check the comment section really quick here. Not much on Facebook other than Brother Aaron saying, I love that mug. I think I want to buy you one, brother. And here we go. I think I'm going to buy you one. And we're going to, that way, it's small enough to travel with. Oh, and pray that I get to see my brother uh, towards the end of this month. He's thinking about coming through here for a short little uh, trip. That would be great. All right, so over here on YouTube. Um, my brother here, my brother Daruna, has posted a lot of verses here. So <clears throat> Acts 4, 32, and the multitude of them that believe were of one heart and one soul, neither, yeah, that's the early um, group of followers there in, the, in Jerusalem. Acts 5, 32, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. You know, 1 John 3, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. So how can it say that? For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. That's how. <laughs> because of who is in you. That's whose righteousness that God will see one day. Or that sees now. Sorry. Uh, that's why. That is why you are, are without sin. You don't commit sin. Well, I still sin. In your flesh, you do. Just, just a reminder. That's a very good verse there, brother. Thank you. Colossians 1.28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. I always love when it says in Christ Jesus. We are his body. That's a fascinating study, by the way. But Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Yes. Yes, thank you. Good verse. Nevertheless, I live. Christ crucified your sins. They're gone. He blotted it out. He nailed them to his cross, the Bible says. Nevertheless, I live. How? Because of that hope of the blessed hope. 
then you will be redeemed. Your flesh, this flesh, will be redeemed. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God whom loved me. That's what Paul's saying in, in Galatians chapter 2. That's a great verse. Gave himself for me. Amen and amen. So good verses there, Brother brother Drew, and I appreciate that very, very much. Hey, Sister Debbie. <laughs> brother Aaron says he's going to borrow my cup at the end of the month. I'll give it to you. You don't need to borrow it. What's mine is yours there, brother. If you want it, you can have it. See, that's the the bond, the the fellowship uh, that is in Christ Jesus. Um, just real quickly, like me and my brother Aaron, if uh, you know, we've seen him on here a couple times. So, you know, he's tall. I'm only five nine. I think he's like six three, six four. Um, he's more outgoing than I am. Uh, I <laughs> I'm a little bit more reserved. I can get. I can get loud and so forth and so on, but but that doesn't matter. What is the bond that we have? What is the bond that I have with Adam Fairchild, Garrett Culler, Shane Shockey, and 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 other there in and those that are here? How how is there this fellowship of people that are totally different? Because we know who we are in Christ. We are in Him. Therefore, we have that same mind. Is there strife? Me and my brother Aaron has had different arguments over over time, but we I had to apologize. I'm sure he's apologized to me and, and just come to because we had our own mind in things. But boy, I love him. I love all the brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, sometimes, even when we're not lovable, we got to remember who we are together, his body. Boy, that'll help us all. That surely will help. Anyways, and I see Sister Debbie on there. Hello, Sister Debbie. It's been a minute, I think, or it's been a little while since I've seen you uh, comment, so I, I pray that all is well with you. All right, well, I think that's about it, and uh, those listening aren't... On the, on the podcast version, probably don't want to hear me just sit here and ramble on, so let me get this changed back over. And here we are, another Thursday night. I didn't think I was going to go a full hour because of the fifteen only 15 verses, but boy, isn't it great just to study about who we are, who we are in Christ Jesus, who he has made us, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but because of him, him which knew no sin that became sin for us, took on the sins of the world. He did that for you and me. And by the way, if you've never come to that end of yourself in that moment where you've said, oh, I am lost, (laughs) recognize who you are now. You're a natural man. And the Holy Spirit convicting you of that. If you're hearing this and you've made it through this video, and you've seen what you can be in Christ, and you and you heard the scriptures, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, he has given you an opportunity now to make that decision, to come to the end of yourself. This looks different for everybody. You know, there, there's not this, this cookie cutter, you know, just recognize who you are, lost and undone. And just like the example of that publican that Jesus Christ says goes away justified, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Recognize who can do something about your sin. He's the one that became sin for you. The death on the cross shed his blood for the remission of sins. The death. He was buried. He buried all those sins. He took that blood and put it on the altar. And he died. He was buried. But he didn't stay dead. Rose again on the third day. According to Scripture, he was who he said he was. 
that is God, the same God that created all, created you originally, mankind. He created us in his image. But because of sin, there was a separation. But he reconciled. He made a way to reconcile that separation. Him which knew no sin. All have sinned and come short. Of what? The glory of God. He's made a way. I pray that if you have any questions whatsoever on that, you reach out to me, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you've made a decision, if you're, if you're just encouraged by remembering through the word of God who we are, I'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment. Um, make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already done so, share with everybody. Um, and that's it. I love you in the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, obviously. Uh, next week, not sure where we're going to be at. I'm, I keep bouncing back and forth between starting Corinthians and starting Thessalonians. Um, so if you got any thoughts on that, uh, please let me know. Or if there's anything else you'd like to talk about, um, leave obviously a comment, or you can obviously write me at the email address I've already given you. Okay? Love you in the Lord. God bless you. Thank you so much again for joining me here on Let This Wine Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo saying goodbye. Um, I'll see you again, Lord willing, next Thursday and uh, 8 p.m. Central Time. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. Have a great night.